Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Find us on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. And also on Podcast One, good landing spot for Minnesota Podcast. Just look under Lakes, Woods, and Irons, brought to you in part by Mills Ford, your hometown dealer since 1922. Mills Ford, Brainerd Baxter. Well, Chris, uh, I was uh, spent a little time in Montana, got a little um, round of golf in at the Cabinet View Country Club, which is the course I grew up on, and uh, one of the best kept secrets, uh, beauty secrets in the world, up in the Cabinet Mountains. <laughs> yeah. The views are extraordinary. Whenever you go to home to a course, or you almost kind of forget uh, how uh, beautiful so many golf courses are in the country, and that one is too. Looking straight at the yeah. Cabinet Mountains as you tee off on number one. That is a beautiful spot. I've never played there, but I know that area and uh, fantastic. So, welcome back, Mac. Yeah, thanks. You didn't let the anything anything happen out at the golf course without me, did you? I did not. It was a uh, it was a very busy golf weekend in the Brainerd Lakes area. So oh man, I'll be you, uh, you 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 probably wouldn't have been able to play anyway. <laughs> probably not. Pretty exciting on the uh, LPGA. Um, Nelly Corda wins. You talked about uh, different uh, uh, moves the needle for TV ratings, and uh, Nelly Corda is certainly one of those names that is a ratings grabber for the uh, LPGA. That's a well, a great win for her, obviously, but also I think a great win for uh, just the tour in general. Yeah, great win. And she's she is playing as good a golf as anybody in the world right now. Uh, beats Lizette Salas, uh, you know, uh, by three shots. And I, I I think the stat I read was that she had she had birdied thirty eight of her last seventy two holes. That was that was through fifty four holes of the tournament. So. Um, when you when you make over you know playing seventy two holes, the final round of the the prior event and the first fifty four holes, and you've birdied more than half the holes. That is uh, that is playing some golf. And I think Dad won two majors as a tennis player, I believe, and Mom was also yeah. a highly ranked uh, tennis player. Pretty extraordinary yeah, Mom, athletic family, right? Dad won two Grand Slam events. Mother was a professional tennis player. Brother plays on the professional tennis tour, and the two sisters play on the LPGA. Extraordinary. Yeah, it sure is. Wow. Then a uh, guy who's been pretty hot and uh, kind of a very interesting eight-hole playoff. Harris English, who did very well in the U.S. Open, continued to ride his hot streak. Yeah, you know, coming off a third-place finish. Uh, in San Diego at the U.S. Open, Harris English wins in an eight-hole playoff. Uh, kind of the craziest playoff I've I've ever seen. It just it didn't seem to end. And uh, boy, both he and Kramer Hickok made some some second putts that were they they didn't make any birdie putts. They they hit a lot of bad first putts, but they sure made some great second putts. And it seemed like Kramer Hickok is he's 30 years old and. Uh, teammate of Jordan Spieth. They grew up together. Uh, he lived with Jordan Spieth until he got married. You know, he was kind of the crowd favorite, it seemed like, uh, as he was coming down the stretch. But uh, well, Harris English is playing some great golf. Yeah, he sure is. And the senior tour, one of their most popular players, uh, wins again. He's having a huge impact in his first year on the senior tour, maybe second year. 
yeah, Steve Stricker wins his se- either second or third senior major. So quite uh, quite an accomplishment there. And the, you know, some talk about uh, Stricker being a playing captain for the Ryder Cup as good as he's playing. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Let's see. Probably have to wrestle yep. Nicholson for it in the old That's guy right. category. I'm sure we can only That's have right. one. <laughs> I'll tell you, Matt, great story about Harris English. You know, my son Joe teaches at the CIN Performance Center uh, at CIN Resort, and Harris English lives and plays and practices at Sea Island. And uh, so Joe, when, when he's not on the on tour, Joe sees him every day. And uh, so Harris English, he's, flies back from Connecticut Sunday night. He uh, He's in the gym at the Performance Center at 8.30 on Monday morning. So, you know, two, two, two weeks on the road, two, two huge uh, finishes for him, a win and a third place, and uh, already 8.30 on Monday morning, he, he's back in the gym working. So Wow, yeah. Uh, pre- pre- pretty imp- impressive, that type of dedication. Yeah, dedication level very high for all those guys, I think, are more, the ones at the top for sure. And we'll yes. have a we're going to sit down with uh, well, he's a new coworker of yours. We're going to have Jack Warho, director of golf at uh, Craigens Legacy Courses. Uh, Jack just uh, not new to the area, certainly, but new to Craigens. Yeah, uh, really a, a great uh, find for Craigens to be able to have uh, Jack at uh, down on this end of the lake, and going to be a big part of uh, the, a lot of the uh, changes that are going on with the golf course and the resort. We'll be back with that and more after this. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Find us on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons and also Podcast One, brought to you in part by On Point uh, Burger Company. That is uh, Ernie's on Gully, On Point Burger Company. Great addition to Ernie's, locally owned and uh, globally loved. Special guest with us, Chris, and uh, you guys are... Uh, Kind of working together now. That's uh, this is kind of an interesting. There's some transitions in uh, in the Brainerd Lakes area in the golf profession, and we uh, we want to talk about one of those. Yeah, I want to welcome to the show Jack Warrell. Jack is the now director of golf at Craigens Legacy Courses. Jack, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. Obviously, a little weird. I was on the show with you this year from from Grandview, and now I'm at, at Craigens, so it's uh, a little strange, but but happy to be here. It's great to have you here. You know, the one thing that's constant in life is change. So, Jack, after many years of uh, successfully running the Pines and Preserve operation, made the move down to the south end of Gall Lake. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, I, I came to Grandview Lodge uh, right out of college. Um, ironically, Eric Peterson is the person that hired me there. So that's obviously kind of the connection to coming down here with Eric being the general manager here. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to be a lifer at Grandview or not. And, and, uh, I, I wasn't looking for a job by any means. And, and this opportunity did come up and, and, you know, it, it led to this. So, uh, pretty exciting. I, I, we have a newborn baby at home too. So it's, it's a wild June for us right now, but, uh, it's, it's been fun. Congrats. That's number two, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Number, number two. So we have a little boy now and, uh, it's, like I said, it's time's flying. <laughs> That's for sure. Pretty sure time another, is flying. Another scratch shooter in the family, Jack. I hope so. I, I, <laughs> well, I might be the first one. I don't know if I am. So yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I uh, hope he definitely loves golf. We'll see. 
Well, that's great, Jack. So t- tell us what, what, what's your role now at, uh, at the legacy? Yeah. So director of golf, obviously, um, you know, replacing Chuck Klukatsky, uh, and also, you know, the tournament director for, uh, what's now called the PGA tour Canada. They're going to be renaming that soon or, or they already have, I'm not sure. Um, but obviously that, that event is now going to officially happen next year. And that's going to be a big part of my role. And then obviously kind of, you know, uh, finding out the future here with the renovation, the expansion with the layman design. So I think, um, you know, obviously Tim Johnson's still here and he's, you know, in charge of the operations side of things and the head professional. Um, so I'm here to, to make his job easier, hopefully, and then kind of see the future for, for where Craigens is headed. Well, that's fantastic. And, and tell us about where it's headed. We, we, we had Eric Peterson on the show, but for those who didn't hear, tell us what, uh, what's going on at Craigens. Yeah, so so they're taking the existing 36 holes and um, and they're going to make 27 holes out of that. So every hole will be touched. So basically, be a new 27 holes that's going to be open. And then also, uh, Layman is going to design his own 18 holes from that as well. So um, pretty amazing, honestly. It's it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. I've you know I've never I've never been a part of. Uh, this large of a project and then also uh, building new holes, you know, seeing that process and how it works and, you know, how quickly these, these guys can move the dirt and then the shapers come in and get everything kind of looking like a golf hole. And then the next wave of that putting irrigation and, 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 you know, another shaper comes in to finish it up and then sand and grass. And it's just amazing what they can do in the course of a day in the course of a week. Um, I go out there twice a day. Basically, we're doing a ton of tours right now, too, so we're actually out there even more. But I'll go out there in the morning, and by the time I come back in the afternoon, there'll be a green complex that's completely finished. So they're moving very, very quickly. Um, You know, basically, on July 19th, we're going to be opening a new nine for the guests to play. Right now, they're playing on 27 holes. We'll keep those same 27 holes in terms of the number, but then we're going to change up one of the nines, and that's obviously to make progress on a different one. So the nice part is on the 19th, our guests will have the opportunity to play uh, a part of the white nine, a new part of the white nine, and then also some of the layman holes as well. So they'll get a little preview of the layman course, which is fun. Um, Obviously, they're going to be holes that we have renovated to become the layman holes. Um, the new ones for the layman course aren't quite ready yet. They're obviously still, you know, getting those to a point where they can seed them. Um, the plan right now is to have every layman hole, all the new ones, seeded uh, by Labor Day. So pretty impressive, to say the least. Very yeah, much. That, so. That's yeah. amazing that's speed and progress. Yeah, it's it, you know I just when I came here I had I had no idea. I obviously knew about the project and I took a tour of it but I had no idea the speed it was going to move. Um, at the same time, we, you know, you know, Eric kind of brought it up the other day, we've only completed 11 of 45, so there is a ways to go yet. Um, but it's been a great start to that project. And uh, I, I, I think everyone's been pretty happy with, so, you know, how it's gone so far. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just it's amazing to watch. You know, I've had the opportunity to, to spend some time with Tom and then uh, Chris the, is also his designer, and then obviously Matt McKinnon from here, our superintendent, and um, just to watch those guys kind of talk about things and, you know, basically where's the cart path go or this shape doesn't suit this type of shot. So they really are thinking about everything 
and they're definitely paying attention to the details. Um, the biggest thing that I can see is that they really are trying to make it very, very playable for all types of golfers. Uh, and the other part of that too is it's you know it has the length to be able to make it really difficult and challenging for our tour professionals that are going to come up as well. So it's a great mixture of both. And uh, I've always been a fan of Tom Lehman courses, and and obviously him being such a Minnesotan, I think that's uh, something that people will really enjoy for sure. Jack, is the plan for the PGA Tour Canada event that will be on the the Lehman 18? You know, as of right now, yes. Um, Obviously, the Lehman portion we're we're hoping can get open by August. you know, there might be some delays. You never know weather and, and many other factors that might come into that. If if so, we believe the white to blue combination of nines is really good as well. Um, it's still plenty of yardage for sure. Uh, I believe I believe it is still yeah seven thousand yards plus. So that that will that will be you know as far as everybody's sitting at these days, uh, we we need to have some yardage for these guys to to compete. So uh, yeah, we feel like we can get you know, layman open. If not, we'll go white to blue for sure. So where, where are the new holes located, Jack, for the, yeah, for so, those who know a little bit about the property? Yeah. So if you're, if you're, for example, on um, the new holes kind of start where Bobby's 13 T box, um, leaves off. So you, instead of going down Bobby's 13, you're going to take a left and you're going to go down number four of the layman holes. Um, so that'll take you out that direction when we have, so we go down number four. The other part of this too, is we have unbelievable properties out there. We have what's going to be called legacy point and legacy Ridge. And these are going to be uh, lots for sale. They're actually for sale right now. Um, we're just kind of getting the literature out for it and the signs up and getting to that point. But the cool part is these lots are up high. They're all elevated. Um, so you're looking down at the golf course and you're looking over the golf course at these beautiful views out in the background. Um, so, and the other part of that is you don't feel like there's such big lots or acre lots. You don't feel like you are hitting within houses. You still feel like you're still out in the North woods and you know, the holes are cut through the forest basically and all the marsh and beautiful areas out there, but then the houses are kind of off in the distance. So it's, it's really, really cool. I think uh, some people are really going to, I mean, we've already sold a couple, so I, I'm sure that some people are really going to enjoy these properties. But anyway, it takes you out that direction. Um, four, five, six, and seven go out that direction. And then you come back, and Bobby's 13 green is actually number eight of Lehman, which is now a par five coming from a completely different direction towards the lake. So that's that's kind of unique. Obviously, that's where we, you know, the land that Craig and Zone, obviously, we, we had to use that, so it's perfect. And you come back, play eight and nine, and then you go actually back out again. Everyone's seen the work on 77. Um, those are more lots, obviously very elevated. You can see that big elevation out there. The lots are on top, and the holes again go around the lot. So it's just beautiful views up there. Um, but that'll be 10, 11, 12, and 13. Then you come back and you play 14, which I believe was Bobby's 15 at one time. I got a lot of numbers in my head here, guys, trying to keep this up. Um, well, it'll also actually be number six of the new nine opening. So we got to really keep up with some numbers. And for a guy that's 14 days in, I'm, I'm doing okay here, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. The land that they use, I, I just think it's an unbelievable piece of property. Um, it does have a Deacon's feel to it to me. Um, if, if I could kind of give you that, you know, that, that vision of it. 
Um, there's some unique holes out there that, that fit the land really well. And I, I just, when I'm sitting there looking at them, I'm saying, wow, these are going to be just photographed and what a fun shot this is going to be. And um, I just I just think it's absolutely beautiful. I really, really do. Finished product, Jack. When you get there, you say 45 holes. Well, the, the layman 18 will stand by itself and then you'll uh, use the other three similar to what happens at the pines. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. Yeah, that 27 will be the same, you know, very, very similar to how the pines rotation works. You'll get three 18s out of it, um, and then the 18 for layman, and then obviously we still have our par 3 and our reversible. So we actually have 63 holes with the reversible, I think, but um, <laughs> I've been telling people that anyway. So, yeah, it's um, it's quite a complex, and it, it really is a, uh, I, I feel, a dedication to golf that Craigens is making, and it's when I, when I come here, just meeting the members and getting to know everyone, it's amazing. It's just really, really focused on golf. It's, it's based around golf, and I think that's just awesome. And kind of why, you know, in my career I made this step, truthfully. Just it, it's, I'm a PGA professional, and my job's to, to grow the game of golf, and I feel like uh, I feel like Craigens is definitely making that effort right now, that's for sure. Yeah. Jack, yeah. Talk, talk about those lots. What, what are kind of the price range of those, and what, what is availability? You know, so right now it, there's there's obviously a lot of availability. We're just starting, um, but you know, the last range I would say anywhere from you know the the, the most common and most probably sought after last right around 179 to 219, right in that range. Probably around 200 would be a good average. Um, there are some more expensive ones with a little bit more of a lake view and a more of a golf course view. And there's a few more that are a little, really high and they can really see out over everything that are a little bit more expensive too as well. But for the most part, they're right around that 200 range. Again, they average at an acre. So these are not small lots. They're very long too as well. So you can put your home back a little bit away from the golf course and still get a beautiful view of the golf course and of obviously out in the distance too as well. So some, some really scenic views. Um, but yeah, they're... I think they, you know, provide plenty of privacy too, which is nice. And and just, you know, it, it, in this area, it's hard to find that combination. Um, and and we're also working with, um, we're, we're hoping to have some access to boats, kind of do like a boat club at Craigens that you can be a part of as well. So it's really going to be on the golf course with an opportunity to use the lake as well. So it's it's pretty awesome. I think that's pretty sellable in this uh, in this environment right now. Yeah, no kidding. No question. <clears throat> Jack, I was going to ask you off topic just a little bit, and probably with a new baby and your and your new uh, job as director of golf at Craigens, you maybe didn't see as much, but you and Tim and uh, Jesse, I think, and a, and a couple of guys played uh, Tory not too long uh, before the U.S. Open. I was wondering your take on the uh, the outcome and uh, how those guys uh, stacked up against you guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well. <laughs> They're a little better than us. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, I, I thought the, the event, I thought it was an awesome event, actually. Um, I really, really wanted John Rahm to win. I think I think a lot of people did, <laughs> um, just because of what happened a, week, or a couple weeks prior. So um, I thought it was exciting to watch it, obviously seeing the same holes that you played and, 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 and seeing how they're playing it. I mean, the course was so much more difficult than when we played it. It was just, I mean... Now, almost not comparable. Um, you know, the fairways were much skinnier, uh, rough, a lot higher, and the greens a lot quicker. So um, it's just amazing how good they are. I, I think we talked about this last time, too. I mean, they just play some other sport that we're not playing. I, I know I'm a golf professional, and I, I obviously have some good rounds sometimes, but um, not quite what these guys are doing. They just make it look <laughs> so easy, I yeah, think. So. Yeah. 
Great I was actually amazed to see him way up in that last hole, but I, I, I understand why he did too. So Jack, you know, the golf course isn't the only, you know, kind of changes or upgrades going on at, at, at Craigans and the legacy. Tell us about some of those other things. Well, yeah, you know, so when I obviously um, did a tour with Eric uh, before I came over kind of in the interview process and um, you know, he took me around the resort itself and it's just, it's truly amazing all the work that they're doing all the renovations on the rooms and, and, and the areas around the resort, uh, it's every year, and it, it just completely keeps improving uh, at a really high speed, truthfully. So I, I think, you know, in the short amount of years here, they'll have every room renovated. Uh, the one other thing that I think is just amazing about Craig is every room over on the resort side faces the lake. Every room faces the lake. That's pretty amazing to uh, – when you say it out loud, you're like, wow, it's really true. I mean, it's just amazing the views that everybody has that's staying there. Uh, and the other part of it, too, is just the amount of uh, shoreline they have. And it's just absolutely beautiful. It's it's very, obviously, it's elevated down to the water. So it's just kind of a scenic view. Um, the beachfront is just gigantic uh, compared to what I'm used to, obviously, on the other side. So I was amazed. I, I think that, um, uh, you know, the more people that find that out just realize how, how beautiful Craigans Resort really is. You know, until you said that, I, I, I've never thought about that. But when you're over at the resort, that's absolutely true. And what a uh, what a unique feature. It is. You know, obviously, you know, being at Grandview so long, I, we sound like it's the other side of the lake, like it's, you know, a different country or something. <laughs> but you just, you just, you, I spend my time over there. You know, I'm never really down here that much. So um, to find those things out in that process, it really kind of opened my eyes like, wow, this is, this is quite a quite a attraction, you know, and and so um, I think the more we can get that word out about the resort, I mean, it, it, people will realize, wow, this is this is awesome. So the other nice part too, truthfully, is it's a nice quiet bay as well. There's no wind. I mean, very rarely is it super windy coming at the resort, so it's just beautiful down there. It's always warm and and uh, kind of a light breeze. So it's it's just uh, it honestly was uh, really cool to see and uh, got me excited, obviously, because I'm here. So. Yeah, Jack, that's glad to have you there, and I mean it's uh, uh, just a great opportunity. I think people are going to love to have you there, uh, director of golf, and uh, yeah, I mean a perfect fit. So, new baby, new career, maybe or a new new career step, anyway. So, pretty exciting. Well, the other the other big thing too, honestly, is people have been very welcoming. It's it's been uh, I was kind of amazed to see how many people play golf at both courses. Um, uh, Grandview and and Craigans as well. So people are playing both. Uh, I did, I, I kind of amazed to see him like, hey, you know, so and so a member here. So uh, it's nice to see him at both. It's been very welcoming and and honestly, kind of a smooth transition. Truthfully, uh, obviously hard to leave Grandview, but but um, smooth coming here for sure. So. Well, Jack, it's great to have you down at this uh, this end of the lake. Great to have you at Craigans and. Uh... We'll look forward to uh, seeing how the golf course progresses and and uh, getting it open here soon. Yeah, absolutely. Please, if you can, um, you know, Craigans, our, our Facebook site and Instagram site is where I'm going to be posting pictures twice, basically twice a day. Um, there's a lot of changes going on. You get to see how it's built and see that, you know, unique way that everything kind of takes shape. So I'm trying to post on there as often as I can, and, and this gives you a chance to be right there but, uh, to see it every day on live video and, and some pictures as well. Fantastic. Well, great stuff, Jack. Thanks for taking the time, Jack. I know you're crazy busy. That Thank is, you for uh, having me. I appreciate it. Jack Warrow, Director of Golf at Craigan's Legacy Courses. 
You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also find us on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. And also uh, Podcast One, great landing spot for Minnesota podcasts, including Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Brought to you in part by Emily Greens, home of the largest green in the universe where golf is all about fun. We uh, continue now with an interview with that. Uh, that uh, we continue now with an interview that Chris had with Garrett Pond. He is with Callaway Golf and designs clubs for Phil Mickelson. We caught up with him right after Phil's victory at the PGA. Garrett, how about you know? It seems like Phil putts with something different almost every every tournament. And uh, you know, this week you went back to the uh, what looks like an eighty-eight oh two, an old Wilson eighty-eight oh two, and I, I know he Phil has incredible feel, and you know, when he puts a putter in his hands, if you make four or five of the same putters for him, he can, you know, I, I, either you or Roger Cleveland told me a story about. Uh, making like half a dozen of the exact same putter. They they were all the same weight and every test you did. And, and he picked out one or two of them that were were not the same. And you were you guys were amazed by that. Yeah, he certainly got uh, tremendous feel, no doubt about that. But that putter, uh, just like I said, it's the original 8802 shape. Uh, and um, he, he has modified the way he wants to hold that putter over the years. So his hands are in a little higher position. Uh, so we bend the offset and the lie angle on, on that putter to match what he's liking. So it's a little more upright um, at 72-degree lie. And then we with the hardest part um, is bending offset into the hosel. So he's got about a full shaft offset. Wow! Uh, on that putter, and then other than that, it's it's a pretty um, non-technical putter. There's no alignment aid on the top of it. There's no insert in it to help the ball roll. There's no there's no technology. And he was very thorough in his in his testing this past year with his putting coach or uh, one of the, the putting enthusiasts here in San Diego that helps a few a few other tour players, Xander and I think Charlie Hoffman go to him. His name's Derek Ueda. And um, they do a lot of uh, Sam Putt Lab testing as well as Quintec um, um, camera roll testing. And he came to the conclusion that these 8802 style putters are what he aims the best, first of all, which is not necessarily the the most critical component to making putts, but it's certainly a, uh, an important one. Sure. And, and then he returns the putter at impact back to where he aims it the most consistent as well. Um, he's tried the high MOI putters. We've made some for him. Two balls. We've made number sevens for him. We've made... Um, stroke lab shafts we've, we've done everything that's kind of the modern uh, putter upgrades and he's got he's always gone back to this and 
pretty fascinating. Obviously, seem seem to be a good choice this last week. I, I, I always envision, you know, you, you always saw the pictures of Arnold Palmer in his workshop with, you know, a, a thousand or thousands of clubs on the on the rack behind him, and I always envision Phil's garage filled with putters like that because it seems like he he switches a lot, but he's always back with that uh, eighty-eight oh two. Yeah, he's uh, he does have a pretty cool collection of, of clubs. I've seen it before, and um, kind of going back to uh, like when he turned pro. You know, he's got sort of a, a catalog, if you will, of, of clubs that he's used on tour. Um, and you know, you'll find some of them that are like what he used to win certain tournaments. You know, he's got uh, the driver that he used when he turned pro um and it's amazing to think how much the equipment has changed in one guy's professional career yeah Uh, you look at a driver that came out in 1991 versus an epic speed driver that come out in 2021 that's a massive difference yeah and he has he has all that all that stuff at his house that's neat well, Garrett, we need to be mindful of your time, but I, I want to ask you one other question regarding you know fitting and just the average player. And what what do you see as kind of the biggest equipment mistakes that you know the average player tends to make, and that could would benefit their game if they if they had a you know different equipment in their hands? What what do you do you see anything? Um. Yeah, I, I got a couple things that come to mind. One of the things is it seems like players have an iron, at least one iron longer than they need to have in their bag. Yeah. So, for instance, you'll see a lot of players with a four iron, and they they can't um, they can't either hit their four iron high enough to hold the greens, similar to their six or seven iron do, mm-hmm. or their four iron doesn't go that much farther than their five iron, just rolls more. Or their four iron is a club they just don't hit consistent at all. Right. So that's a um, that's something that I see all the time, and um, oftentimes, um, you know, in a fitting you can identify that and find find something that's a better better option there. I'll I'll, I'll often see players with too uh, low aloft on their driver, mm-hmm. and their uh, assumption is that a lower trajectory is better for total distance because it gets a lot of roll and to some extent that may be true but uh, we'll see a lot of players hit it so low that they're trading carry for roll and that's always something that's uh, course dependent so I always try and find uh, a a launch trajectory um, that if the total distance is going to be a certain number that they're getting the most of that in carry. Um, so I see a lot of players with just the, not enough loft on their drivers. Yeah. And a little bit of that is due in part because of the change in technology and drivers sure. and golf balls. Yeah. For instance, you'll see someone that used a nine degree driver in 2005 with the golf ball and the head of the time think they need a nine degree driver and, 2021 with a low spin ball and a, a lower spinning driver um, and just think all nine degree clubs are created equal right and no, all that's for <laughs> sure that doesn't seem to be the case so those are two two things that kind of pop pop in my, into my head and maybe the last thing would be three woods 
Um, I think three woods are not not always thought of properly. Um, most people think they need a club to hit off of the ground to maximize their distance for fairway shots. Which yeah. If you keep it simple like that, that's true. Everyone needs a club that does that. The problem lies in the fact that most people think a three wood is the club that does that. Right. And same same thing as the drivers. Uh, three woods often spin a little lower than the three woods uh, used to, and the golf balls don't spin as much with the longer clubs. So I'll see a lot of players, and this is more common in the slower swing speed crowd, a lot of players will hit a three wood shorter than a four or five wood just simply because they don't hit them in the air yeah. high enough. Yeah, the people are, that's an that's a interesting one because people are always amazed by that. My, my, my number one fairway wood seller this year is the, is the Epic Speed 4 wood. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's a great club. Is so so many more so many people will I'll have them test both the three and the four, and they're amazed by the difference in distance and how much easier it is to hit. Yeah, yeah. Good rule of thumb: um, if you're looking at distance and trajectory and how the two are are related to one another, um, at lower speeds, if the ball's moving slower, the the thing that will have the greatest influence on overall distance is launch angle. And at higher speeds, like if Phil Mickelson's hitting a fairway wood, the launch angle starts to become irrelevant and the spin rate becomes the the component that has a greater influence on overall distance. Oh, that's interesting. So, uh, like to your point, if a player's kind of more moderate to slower swing speeds, regular people, um, they they might hit the ball farther simply by launching the ball higher and obviously a four wood with more loft should give a player a better chance to launch the ball higher you bet you know one final question going back to your you know you're uh, saying about the the um, the role the distance or the the carry distance and the roll what to you know to kind of maximize distance what what angle do you like to see a driver uh, land at you know, oh that's a good question um, it seems like um, if you're getting a landing angle or terminal angle is another term for that um, if you can keep it above 30 degrees and below 36 degrees um, most of the measurement systems out there simulate roll rather than can actually measure roll yes uh, but assuming that you're getting that same number on the golf course, um, if you're above 30, you're you're going you're going to sort of maintain the ability to carry the ball a long way and still get a lot of roll. If you're below 30, odds are you you've reduced your potential for carry and maybe not increased your potential for roll the same amount. Oh, that's great. Uh, so I like to see it. 32 34 degrees and um you're going to get as much roll as you could hope for and you're you're going to maximize your your carry once you get closer to 40 on that landing angle your carry might increase a yard or two or three but your potential for roll decreases by a bigger number than that sure and then once you're in the 20s your potential for roll increases but you've lost so much 
carry that the increase in roll does not outweigh that that loss yeah well that makes well that's that's great stuff Garrett Cash I, I sure appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all your all your knowledge and all your uh, stuff about Phil congratulations on a just a, a great week last week and um, really appreciate your what you do well I appreciate you having me on and uh, uh, if you ever want to chat again would love to do it thanks so much Garrett that was Garrett Pong with with Callaway Golf Senior Club Performance Analysis you're listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on 1380 KLIZ Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons, 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Also find us on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Give us a like on that page. You can walk home with uh, some swag. And also uh, available on Podcast One, great landing spot for Minnesota podcasts, brought to you in part by uh, Maury's. You can always eat more fish at Maury's. Stop in for lunch at their mobile gallery in Brainerd. Get great lobster rolls and fish tacos, Maury's in Motley and Brainerd. Chris, I was out. I mentioned uh, out in Montana. played my played my home course out there, which was a lot of fun. And uh, I think we've talked a little bit about short, well, quite a bit about short game. And you know, you always say the <laughs> chipping green and the and the uh, chip and the practice sand areas are the loneliest spots in the world. You know, there's there's nobody there. <laughs> That's right. Practicing that their right. short game. So my uh, chipping is kind of vastly improved with some help from you and some help from. Uh, Phil Mickelson, a guy I like and admire, so I listen to some of his teaching stuff as well, and he handles the short game fairly well. But uh, uh, one thing we've talked about, Chris, a lot of times about putting, and uh, you really—I don't know—if you can, you probably just can't do it enough. I don't think, can you? Well, there's never enough time to practice everything you do in this game. If you're trying to get better, you know, trying to advance to a different level like a high school player trying to play college golf but you know I, i've the, the last couple of weeks i've spent a lot of time on short game with with some of our junior programs and then our, our adult group instruction and you know it's um when it comes right down to it putting is really the area where the average player can be equal to the elite player because it doesn't take a lot of it doesn't take a lot of strength or flexibility or you know the the skill set that it takes to be a good putter is isn't all that difficult physically but uh you know people uh tend people that i've seen recently none of them are great first putters and you know when when we're on when we're on the green if, if we're outside of that kind of 12 to 15 foot range really the the percentage of making those putts uh, is fairly small, no matter if you're, you know, if you're an 18 handicapper or if you're, you know, playing the PGA or LPGA tour, the, the percentage of makes is small. So we really have to focus more on speed than we do direction. And th- those first putts, the, the reason why most people three putt is not the, the misses of the short ones, but it's, it's the first putt that puts them in position to make, to miss the second. So we really need to focus on um, if you're practicing, spend a large percentage of your time just working on speed control. Yeah, we've we've uh, talked about some great drills, the 30-foot drill that you kind of uh, put in my ear. I use that a lot, and it, it really does seem to help before you go out if you can get to the putting green and and uh, just lag some 30-footers, whether there's a cup there or not, as close as you can to each other, or put a whatever, put a tee in the ground out there 30 feet away and uh, try to get close and 
Yeah, like you're saying, I think you know the percentages quite well, obviously, in your profession. But even from, say, 20 feet, the the percentage of makes 15 to 20 feet in the, on the PGA Tour is relatively low, isn't it, Chris? Well, yeah. You know, TV skews our perspective so bad because great TV isn't guys missing putts. They're showing us all the, the putts that are made. But, <laughs> right. You know, I, I, on the PGA Tour, um, from 15 feet, the the – the average make percentage is 25%. From 20 feet, it's 20%. So that's the best putters in the world playing on the best greens every week. Uh, only make one in five from 20 feet. So, um, you know, our expectations shouldn't be higher than that uh, because our our expectations and our emotions have a big influence on how we, how we do play. But so when we're in that range, speed is so much more critical both to, to leave yourself to uh, what I call a no anxiety second putt or the, the possibility of the ball going in the hole because we can have the perfect uh, make the perfect stroke but if we don't have the right speed uh, we're, the, that ball is not going to go in the hole yeah yeah I think the uh, yeah even on the tour like you're saying Chris I mean um, there's a reason that a 68 or a 67 is a great round of golf in most golf tournaments and if uh, if the guys make fourteen pars and four birdies, you know, that's not that many long putts dropping in, but it's uh, just enough because they're they're getting up and down everywhere else, either two putt or one putt from off the green. So, right, you know, and a, a good one, a stat that uh, you don't hear a lot about, but that the, a lot of guys keep uh, is length of putts made. So you'd take. You know, if you made a one-footer in the first hole, that's one foot. If you make a 10-footer on the second hole, that's 11. If you make a 20-footer on the third hole, that's 31. So if, if you can get up where, where your your number is over 60, you've had a really good putting round. And occasionally you'll hit your hair of a player, you know, who shoots 62 or 63 who maybe has 100 feet of putts or 120 feet of feet of putt. So that's a, that's a very good indicator of how, of how you're putting on a daily basis. Yeah. Practice the lag putts because the one putts are a lot rarer than you think. <laughs> that's right. All right. Thank you, Chris. Great as always. Thank you, Mac. That's Chris Foley. I'm Colin McDonald. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ.